All right, we've. Uh, I'm glad you stuck around because we've got a brand new portion of the show tonight. Uh, it is the Hellfire Chat Hour. Hellfire Side Chat. Hellfire Side Chat. There we go. A little FDR. And my uh, my guest tonight is Ian Brown. Hey, Ian. Hey, James. How's it going? Good. And he just. Uh, I think that's a great name for the show. So, and Ian just came up with it. So. I'm into the Hellfire Clubs. I read a book about them, and, and I'm into the Fireside Chats, FDR. So, well, I, I do expect royalties. So, huh? You know, if if it gets big, if it blows up, you know, five ten percent, five or ten percent. Hey, that's I think that's a reasonable, reasonable well, fee. You, I, I, I didn't know you were a capitalist. Uh. <laughs> As long as the system's in place, right. I mean, you got to yeah, you got to use what you got here. Yeah, <laughs> we're all trying to eat here, James. Okay, all right. Well, we can talk about that. My our, our lawyers can do lunch or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so I but I, I do want to talk about some of this. There's a lot of uh, misunderstanding, a lot of uh, differing ideas, both on the left and the right, about one what democratic socialism is, what the Green New Deal is, what the old New Deal was. And, you know, I'm hoping, and I know that neither one of us are experts on any of this. Absolutely but, not. Yeah, but uh, we have our perceptions, too. Oh, we do. We, <laughs> do we, we have those? <laughs> well, okay, so it was in around 19... Well, it must have been 1969, 1970. And I was in the Navy at the time. But I was an international playboy at the time. Yeah. So <laughs> I know you. You still are. Yeah. Doing my best. And so this, this friend of mine on the ship, he was in the ship's uh, library. He was a yeoman. And he worked in the ship's library. And so there was this, uh, you know, one day his division officer comes and throws a, a magazine, a newspaper, on his desk in front of him. What is demanding? What's this? And he was really angry. And it was, so he looks at it. It's a newspaper. It was called Duck Power. And he didn't know, you know, and it, it, he looked it over and he could see it was sort of, you know, leftist stuff. It looked like it was published by sailors. And so... His officer told him, look, if I find another, I said, I don't know. I've never seen it before. You know, it was just laying in the library. Somebody brought it in and left it, you know. And so he, the officer said, well, if I find another one in here, you're on report. Hmm. Whoa. Yeah, that's uh, it's one way to censor the ship, I suppose. Well, well, <laughs> yeah, no surprise there. Don't don't worry about the toilet wine. Worry about the that leftist literature. So he was, uh, he was thought, well, what? Got his panties in a bunch, you know. So he looks looks it up. He goes to where they're publishing, you know, this this magazine. Turns out it was uh, a radical newspaper put out in San Diego at the time called Street Journal, and um, it, it was pretty socialistic, you know, anti-war, um, very leftist. But uh, and they had turned over their presses to some off-duty sailors, um, who then came in and put out this other magazine, Duck Power, by sailors for sailors, but anti-war sailors. So 
month later, they put out their next issue. He brings a stack of 50 of them into the library. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Of course, That's he's a, on report, direct disobeying a direct order. He gets 30 days in the brig. 30? Yeah. On the ship. Ship jail. So in the meantime, he's writing to um, to them and uh, uh, and while he was in there, so we're not sure to this day who broke into the street journal presses, which were on Robinson and First in Hillcrest. I live on Robinson and First. That's a yeah. Well, right there's there. two kind of. Uh, craftsman style, twenty style houses that are right next to each other, right? Yeah, and I think they tore those down. But okay, so this would have been, you know, sixty yeah. nine, seventy, and so they were they uh, they were vandalized. Uh, they felt it was off duty policemen. Uh, there was also uh, an organization called the Secret Army Organization that was active the, at the time. The Secret Army Organization, right? Sao. Um, okay. They bombed the Guild Theater which was a, a porno theater at the time. That was in 68 that they did that, which wasn't even porno in those days. It was nudie cutie, you know, but still yeah, destroying the morals and, of the community. So, yeah. uh, And basically off-duty San Diego policemen. Yeah, well. So <laughs> they get ready to kick him out of the Navy. Bad conduct discharge, my, my friend Chris. And uh, he he goes to see the XO to get you know the final boot and and uh, you know Chris you're on a bad path here uh, look what you know we've we've got your letters that you wrote to these people shows him the letters that were stolen from intercepted the street, letters hmm. street journal house yeah. you got uh, did, did the thieves give, give them to the police or the, did the thieves give them to the navy or were the thieves one in the same yeah. <laughs> right yeah well policing is an institution of thievery so so anyway he was he was uh, meeting with the, the street journal people a lot and i went i went with him and and so uh several times and topic of discussion was what would a socialist America look like? Hmm. And so, very different than what democratic socialists are proposing now. Yeah, I would, I would imagine. It was more of an authoritarian, you know, yeah, five-year plans and, and you know, dic- dictatorship of the proletariat. And, a, little, a little Tito sprinkled on top. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. So, wasn't, you know... You know, I'm a guy who doesn't like to be told what to do. Yeah. Hmm. N- none of us do. Yeah, well, I definitely don't. So now it's that's so... what I'm hearing on the left with, um, I mean, particularly coming from the Republican Party, Venezuela, uh, Cuba, well, Soviet Russia. We kind of created all those things to a degree. We did. Yeah. Especially in Latin America, so... You know, Venezuela is a creation of ours. Uh, how many times have we interfered in uh, South and Central American governments? You know, in sure, the last sure. Hundred years. Who killed Che? Yeah, it's so we're creating socialism all around the world, uh, just not for ourselves. Well, what I'm trying to get at though is this is authoritarian socialism. Mm-hmm. 
And so, I mean, Trotsky's out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's gone. And and Engels is gone. Right. And so there's this idea of the dictatorship of the proletariat in 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 Russia. I know that Americans who went to Russia in 1920, Big Bill Haywood, Emma Goldman mm-hmm. and John Reed were really disappointed with what they found in Soviet Russia. And I, it had a lot to do with the lack of freedom, the authoritarianism. Yeah, it's well, it's, uh, you know, if, if you want to have the state control everything, it's got to control everything. Right. You know, you know? The, OK, means of production. OK, but uh, I want the people to control that, right. not the but, state. Right. But, uh, you know, in Soviet Russia, that's not the the state says that the people are the state. The people want to believe that they're the state. Uh, the state knows the difference. Right. So, um, yeah. And what would that look like in the U.S.? Well, I don't think it would work. Um, well, they, I don't think it would work. Because it didn't work there. As a dictatorship. It didn't work in no. Russia. And it really didn't work in China, even though China, in the past 30 years, has enjoyed quite a bit of growth. Yeah. I don't, I don't but really it's because understand I think China that much. They embraced, though, some capitalism. Yeah. Some some freedom of choice, some uh, you can work where you want to work kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And I think that's what's fueled their... They've still got plenty of socialism going on, but there's a lot more choice than there used to be. And I think that's where they turned it around. They were on their way down like you know, any authoritarian communist regime did. So yeah. you know the the dictatorship socialism um obviously doesn't work well, but neither do totalitarian dictatorships or any of that. So I don't you know well, Obviously, again, we can't look at those models and and say, well, you know, what 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 from this can we take? But I think we can look at models like Sweden and Norway and uh, well, I your, think the difference Scandinavian country. the difference is choice. Yeah, well, and choice and and uh, a social contract with with your government. You know, um, I you think. Soviet Russia didn't have a social contract? Yeah, well, they, they had it. It was very one-sided. Right. The government said, you're going to sign this contract. You'll do what we tell you to do. Otherwise, it's to the gulag, you know? Yeah. We got a, we've got we've got a, a an automobile factory in Chablinsk, and uh, we need you to go up there and, and work the line. Yeah. Um, and then you pretty much had to do that. And if you tow the party line long enough, then we'll make you the boss. Right, right. So... Soviet Russia depressed, and you know all the authoritarian regimes do, do the. I think something pretty similar. It depressed entrepreneurial, entre, entrepreneurialism. Uh, it and dep- it depressed, it depressed the human spirit. I think is what really go, goes on. Yeah, people just grumbling and griping, and I think blue jeans and rock and roll brought down the U, uh, the USSR. Yeah, that and ineptitude. <laughs> Right, I mean, they yeah. uh, <laughs> lack of funds. The the Politburo. Why? Why are they the banality of? Yeah, it's a uh, of, you know, of banality. I'm no, I'm, no, <laughs> I'm no expert on on Soviet Russia. Um, it's not something that I I spend a lot of time thinking about. Um, but well, what, what, what I, 
have an idea of like you know what I think what I think socialism could be. Uh, and well, so that's kind of what I want to get at. Yeah. What what would what would you see as a type of socialism that might work for the for the United States? For the United States, I don't know that it, I I I'm hopeful that something like socialism could work here. Uh, but I'm constantly reminded uh, by the right uh, that they don't understand anything. Powerful forces yeah. against it. Yeah. You, you know, you hear these all this week, you know, with the uh, Trump going on this racist tirade and yeah. and being the, the bigot and racist that he is. Uh, and the Republicans stay silent. But when they do speak up, they the, in support of him, they're saying, you know, your choice is clear. Trump and freedom or, you know, these democratic socialists, which brings you communism and and death. And you know, Venezuela. It's just like, and it's kind of like, no, I don't think you understand how it works, guys. It's it's not that complicated. It's just the idea that, uh, you know, I pay enough taxes and I want you to make sure that that I have a good paying job, that I have access to education and health care uh, and that I don't have to pay extra for those things because it should be part of that social contract that I'm talking about that uh, – if you pay into the government to allow them enough money to spend on defense and all those other things, they should provide you with certain services in return. So you mean the social contract should be reciprocal? It should be, yeah. Right? <laughs> and at, at the current, it isn't. Uh, so, you know, whether we're living in Soviet Russia or the United States today, at least we have, uh, we can sit here and talk on the radio and dissent a little, but, uh, you know, Soviets had free school and health care and, I mean, their you know their nuclear power plants didn't work out so well, but uh, you know there was nuclear physicists and people going to school and learning these things and doing it for free. Uh, so I think that when they're okay, so th- we we still arrest a lot of people in this in this country. Oh yeah, we absolutely live in a police state. There's no question about that. Yeah, um, it's it's you know the. The I think street to slavery pipeline. I think between CIA, DEA, uh, NSA, NSC, um, I think we've got more secret police than Soviet Russia and Nazi Germany did combined. Oh, probably, yeah. And well, and now there's all kinds of new secret police. You know, you've got your little computer in your pocket, and yeah, there's secret police monitoring that, and they call them defense contractors or whatever <laughs> it is they right? call them now. Yeah. Information security contractors, uh, which is just a phone snoop, you know. Right. So I. Uh. So I was talking to uh, I was talking to a guy who, so he's a centrist, Demi. He liked Hillary, hates Bernie, um, and so, and he can't mention democratic socialism without mentioning Venezuela, Cuba, and. USSR, yeah, and I and I I have tried to explain to him that they have no relationship with None. each other. Yeah, and you look at pretty much the entirety of the EU. Uh, Most they are them. almost all socialist countries to a degree. There is a democratic process. Whether it works totally or not is not up to us. So where you know, is the perfect government? Totally. Where is the perfect there government? Right. There never will be. Yeah, and there never will be because uh, just. Too many absolute ideas. power corrupts, you know. And well, I think even just the idea that um, the the essence of 
of democracy is tolerance and compromise. I mean, because there's just a lot of ideas floating around and yeah. we've all kind of got to give and take. And this may be an unpopular opinion, but uh, a lot of those ideas are real wrong. Yeah. So, and I, you know, if people want to be upset by me saying that, that's fine. I don't well, no, no, no. I mean, I, so that doesn't mean you compromise with everything. Right. Putting children in cages. Yeah, no. Hard, that, hard no. That's a line. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's you beyond the pale, right? Yeah. And we got the UN on our side, and, and uh, I say we. I'm, that's definitely one of my lines, too. And so says the UN. So says uh, interna- any, ki- any number of international oh, yeah. watchdog organizations, uh, and uh, that this is a crime against humanity. Absolutely. What 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 do they not get? So yes, there's lines, and but then there's this you know there's an area where all right, well you know you you can have a single shot AR-15, but you can't have a thirty round clip. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know I you know I don't know I, I'm just throwing this out. Maybe that's not a good one, but um, but basically there must be some compromise now. I'm all for compromise. Yeah. Uh, but not when the people who want us to compromise. So obviously I'm a little bit of a leftist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tend to align uh, closer to Mao Zedong than I do uh, Trump and, and his uh, his pals. But, right. Uh, you know, when the compromise, it's not it's not saying I, you know, I believe in uh, fiscal conservatism and I say, oh, I think we should be spending and, and doing these things. It's it's not that kind of a compromise. It's right. it's. One side believes that it's okay to, for the president to say extremely racist and xenophobic things and to lock children in cages and to uh, willingly start a war with Iran. Uh, and the other side saying, no, that's not okay. And the, rep- the right is still asking us to compromise yeah. or, or to just give in totally. And that's, that's the thing. The further we move towards the center, the more likely we are to cross center. Right. And, and just allow rampant uh, authoritarian uh, alt-right ideals to to become the normal idea for that to become the center. And then it's, how much further does it it's move It's interesting right? to me how much they think or don't realize how much they've outraged us with this behavior. These are <laughs> yeah. they've just completely blown our minds with how far they're willing to go to. To I mean it's it's really hurtful, harmful stuff uh, to to any number of people. And I'm not just talking about immigrants here at this point. Um, the uh, the tax uh, the the tax break for the wealthy that yeah that, again <laughs> that's hurting that's hurting ninety five percent of Americans who live in this country. Yeah, at least. At I mean, least. what's what's the poverty line at now? You know how many. What percentage of people in the U.S. live in poverty? And, and you know, the right goes on and on about uh, how great, you know, Wall Street's doing incredible and, uh, you know, stocks are through the roof and it's the best we've ever had. And we've added so many millions of jobs. And it's like, yeah, but you need six of them to pay rent. Right. And <laughs> I don't own any stock. So, you know, so, where yeah, am I it, Right. It's all dividends? in capital gains. It's not in wages. Yeah. So, you know, where guys like you and me or... Or uh, you know somebody working down the street here at, uh, at Jack in the Box, we're, we're not seeing. Yeah, Jack in the Box may be gaining points, and uh, but the wages have stagnated and are staying the same. And you know, at least California leads the way in uh, minimum wage growth. But 
minimum wage is just that. It's the minimum, and it's still not enough, you know, Even, especially in California. Look, so here's here's a, here's a an administration that really is demonstrably hurting the vast everything. majority <laughs> of Americans, uh, has alienated our, you know, our allies, is embracing bloodthirsty dictators yeah. around the world, uh, not the least of which is Saudi Arabia, but let alone Kim Jong-un. But they're our buddies, right? Yeah. Uh, there are, I, the kingdom is our bastion in the whoa, Middle East, right? I, you know, apparently, well, there's some people that think, and I, I think this is even, this must be partially true at least, even if it's not the prime goal, but Iraq, the invasion of Iraq, was a favorite of Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Well, and, you know, you've got the president up there telling, tweeting all day about how these four Democratic right. congresswomen, uh, how they hate Israel. That, he doesn't lead with they hate America. He leads with they hate Israel. They hate America. Yeah. What, what about Saudi Arabia? They're not very fond of Israel either. <laughs> but we we tend to we tend to let them have their hands in our pockets, and you know, well, Trump's just right. holding on to the string that's tied around his waist and and tied to Saudi Arabia's mother milk's arm. You know, and it's they buy a lot of our weapons. They do. They buy a lot, and I guess that's good for. Is that and, and then I guess I don't know. There's probably some oil agreements between oh, the oil yeah. companies. There's got to be and and Saudi Arabia. Absolutely, there is. I'm it's sure that's, that's without true. a doubt. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, but here's here's uh, here's Saudi Arabia, just a bad player in the world, um, really authoritarian regime, really um, a severe Muslim. Theocracy, yeah. Well, and I, but I can't even hate on it because look, we're a bad player in the world. <laughs> we're if if not the worst player in the world. Uh, you know how many deaths are are around the world are completely related to U.S. intervention and to to U.S. policy for uh, international policy being made to to work for corporations right you know, and then the ones that we're not well that that worldwide corporations who have access to the US military yeah. is basically what it is pretty much any worldwide corporation has access to the US military at this yeah, point yeah they're cuz they're all on the same page yeah. and so they're going to but <clears throat> what um what they're trying um What they're trying to do in um, is basically, well, dominate the world. I mean, it's world domination. They've and, been doing it for years. It's well, they, it really it goes all the way back. The sun, you know, it's it, it ever since the U.S. gained power after World War One, uh, and and even before that, you know, Spanish American War, we decided to go and beat up Spain and take Cuba and right. Puerto Rico and. Uh, you know, uh, kind of, you know, crap on everybody else in the world. And that really started our, our, for sure started our intervention into Latin America. Um, but then after World War One, after the Great White Fleet went out and showed the world that we were powerful and then, uh, you know, we went over and beat up a bunch of Germans, I guess, in France, you know, and kicked around in the trenches for a few years. And then everybody said, oh, America's so powerful. And then since then, it's just been a, a nonstop party of, Rolling over uh, duly elected leaders and uh, installing shahs and what have you, 
Uh, and, it, you know, it's, it, it's, it's never been about spreading freedom or democracy. If you wanted to do that, you do that with ideas. Well, right. So I was reading a quote by Frederick um, Bastet. I'm not Bastet. I'm not sure. It's a French name. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. But he was making the observation on the rich people who control public policy, and they do it in generally a pretty bloodthirsty way. So, and you, which is true of monarchists a thousand years earlier than that. It was true of parliamentarians a century earlier than that. Yeah. Um, and it was it was true of the robber barons. Uh, you know, seventy years after that. And it's true of our robber barons today. Yeah, they just they're just uh, better at it now. I think that's true. Yeah, they, it's more sophisticated now. They, you know, they they don't go and say, "Oh, we need we need you to pass a law for X and such and whatever." You know, they send lobbyists, and then there's rules written around how lobbyists can interact, and you know, but they're written by lobbyists. You know, uh, there's these think tanks that write legislation and then give it to congressmen and say, hey, put this out on the floor for us, would you? Uh, we'll make sure that you get a, a pretty penny in the coffer later. Uh, yeah, I, you know. I like how sometimes when the, the congressman turns in the bill written, yeah, uh, he it looks like it was cribbed it. from the lobbyist request. Yeah. <laughs> and the worst part is he's probably never even read it. He doesn't know what it, what's in it. Because uh, it doesn't matter to him. It, yeah, because all he sees is dollar signs. Yeah, you know, he or she, you know, let's not leave Pelosi and uh, some of these longtime Democrats out of it. Absolutely not. Uh, both mean, sides of the aisle are, are for most pennies, of my so. life. Both parties were controlled. Uh, you got a few crumbs of social program, and generally a little smarter governance too with the with the Democrats. But generally, yeah, still. Uh, it was anything when it seriously uh, interrupt the acquisitiveness of, um, you know, the, the, the fat cats. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't going to happen. It wasn't going to get anywhere near happening. And and any any politician who would advocate something like that wasn't going to get anywhere near being nominated by either party. Right. So... Which brings us to Bernie Sanders. Yeah, and you know, is uh, it possible for him to take over the the Democratic Party, even if he had the majority of the numbers? I don't. I don't know if he's uh, electable in a primary. Right. Um, but I, I wish he was. Um, you know, we're seeing again this year what we saw in twenty sixteen. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Democratic Party then threw all their support behind Hillary. Uh, Hillary got all the TV time. Hillary got the more favorable delegates. questions in the polls. And, and everything was geared towards Hillary. And I get it. I get why the DNC did it. But at a certain point, it was, it was so needed, undemocratic, though. Yeah, it's very undemocratic. But, you know, so is the Electoral College. You know, well, so is the, pr the whole process. The whole thing is not that democratic. It's, 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 uh, it's built to continue power structures that uh, a whole bunch of rich white guys put together, you know, 300 years ago. Uh, it's built to continue those power structures. Um, and even, and constantly refine. Yeah. And, and made easier to continue those power structures. Uh, 
luckily, you know, what two in ten people could read in seventeen eighty seven, and now nine of ten people can read. So right, uh, I, I is that going to happen? Right, I don't know that that makes a difference at this point, though. I don't know that that makes a more informed electorate. Uh, you know, because freedomeagle.net is still getting grandma to, yeah. to believe that uh, yeah. Hillary ate a baby and that, uh, you know, Trump, <laughs> right. is, Trump is the Messiah. So Pizzagate. Yeah, Pizzagate. Exactly. Meanwhile, we've got Jeffrey Epstein, uh, who's with a real who's an actual rapist. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Can I say rapist on the radio. Is that <laughs> you better? Okay, good. Because um, it's happening. Yeah. Folks need to be... <laughs> You've got this guy who's... And, and people on both sides of the aisle are, are going to hopefully be in trouble. I, well, I can hear the people saying right now, oh, he's not a rapist. Okay, so that's not what a 13-year-old girl but, said. I mean, you know, it, for, the, for the station's lawyers and on all of that, we, we should add allegedly. Well, right. Because he hasn't been convicted yet. But, oh, come on. He did it. Well, right. Now, so what we can say, though, is that a 13-year-old girl who was 13 at the time. Right. She's, she's an older w- woman now. Um, made a, a really clear and detailed statement about what he did to her when she was tied to the bed. Right. Yeah. It's it's despicable. It's it's. Disgusting. And it's a, it's, it's a very believable read. Yeah. Well, so she's not the only one either that has come forward with allegations of rape. So we've got several credible witnesses, victims. Yeah. And absolutely victims. But who, who are claiming these things. So what do I believe? Oh, I side with the victims every time. Yeah. But... You know, and if it was if it was up to me, it's a good thing it's not up to me because I, I, I wouldn't even hear any evidence. I'd just say, you know, send him away. Yeah, right. Yeah, get rid. This guy is he's been, uh, you know, in the news enough about it over the last what fifteen years that come on. If you if you didn't do it, then why are you in situations where you, you're just dumb enough that and his own his own statements damn him. Oh yeah. Well, and, you know, I was listening to your podcast uh, yesterday or the day before, and, you know, you're talking about rich guys roll. Yeah. And they do. And hope, I hope he does, and I hope that they still put him in, uh, maybe not, I don't know what they should put him in, because I don't necessarily believe in the U.S. prison system either, like you guys were talking about. But um, Yeah, I mean, well, we got to put him where what we got, we got to use what we got. As, yeah. <laughs> we can just put him in like a, like a cage in like Times Square and... Let everyone, <laughs> let everyone mock him. St- like stocks. Yeah. Well, stocks. Like, you know, kind of pr- like that. Protect idea. it. Don't let anyone go and like kill the guy. Yeah. Exactly. Like, exactly. No, you know. I, I think he should, you know, wind up in something like Supermax. His his crimes are heinous. Oh, absolutely. And um and, but something like Supermax. The problem is, is, is e- even if he does roll, and he spills the beans, on any. In I hope he does spill the beans, and I hope that it it affects everybody who was involved. Yeah. I don't care what side of the aisle they're on. I don't care if they gave to, uh, you know, UNICEF every day. I don't care if, you know, they they help build homes for, for migrant children and where, you know, I, I don't care what their, their charitable doings are. Uh, if they were involved in this in any way, they should be affected by it. Uh, exactly. And well, their, I mean, that's, their, their entire lives justice. should be affected by it. 
criminal justice but, is about. You know, for for three years now since Trump announced, or four years now since Trump announced his candidacy, we've been saying, "Oh, this this one, this is the thing, this is the thing that's going to get him." Right. You know, this is the thing that's going to do it. This is going to put him away. And every time his base gets more rabid, uh, he shirks it off as, well, it's just the lion media. Uh, you know, it's it's everybody's out to get me. It's a witch hunt. It's a So that's, I think, the scariest part of this whole Trump away. phenomenon isn't Trump himself, but it's the numbers of people that are you know, ready to throw the rope over the lynch rope over the tree branch yeah, they're ready they're 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 you can and well that's why we keep bringing up these hitler uh comparisons because something very similar was going on in germany at that time yeah, and i don't think that trump is nearly as intelligent as hitler was uh nor that i'm it, not sure how have you ever read mein kampf no don't I don't really care to <laughs> say hey, it's I mean I I have to wonder about his competence yeah I, but, I you know I, I there's some evidence that that was a real clown show too oh I'm sure it was the Nazi party yeah uh, and I think I'm just Blitzkrieg, thinking about Nazis you kind of got to give him now, Blitzkrieg but. but I think that was an accident he's this was just this crazy idea this crazy guy with his crazy war plan, yeah. and it caught people so off guard that it actually worked for a little while. Well, I mean, and then he did say, like, oh, yeah, let's go to Russia in the winter. Right, right. You know, the, <laughs> I I can tell you, you like, know, <laughs> I don't I don't want to go to Minnesota in the winter, you know, like, let alone Russia, please. His own generals tried to kill him a couple of times. Yeah, so. right. It, <laughs> oh. So I think that was a clown show, too. Probably, but... <laughs> I, I'm just trying not to give Trump any credence of intelligence. Uh, I haven't seen evidence of any. He seems right. like a four-year-old. Yeah, like. just tantrums and and uh, hamburgers and it's just uh, it's a he's, it's he's a really trying to impossible say, situation. He's trying to say that the crowd chant at South Carolina of send her back, oh, send yeah. her back. He he said he's he's sorry they did that. Oh, I'm sure he is. Wow, yeah. I mean that's. I thought the guy doesn't apologize, and he said he was I, sorry they did it. I thought that that arena was full of some very fine people. Right. You, know, so, <laughs> you know, they sounded like bad hombres to me. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, they were. They they sound like bad hombres. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh Lord. You know the 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 thing that gets me is that uh, there's so much information about how much he's lying constantly. And how he's distorting oh, so people truth. Tab, tabulate and and you know chronicle each Track lie. It, yeah. And here's here's why it's a lie. And there's like you know t- tens of thousands of these things. Yeah. I mean, Major League Baseball could take some tips on how to record stats from these guys who are recording his his lies. You know, it's 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 but incredible. once again, it doesn't matter <laughs> because he tells everyone, uh, no, they're all lying. I'm telling the truth. Well, and his base just eats. But why why that. would why would we believe that? And that's the scary part, that that many people, as he said himself, he could shoot somebody down in the middle of Fifth Avenue and his base wouldn't care. That's a scary thing because the base, it's about 35%. Yeah. And his approval ratings are up, which for the life of me, I don't understand. I guess because people go, oh, well, Wall Street's doing great, so the economy's doing great, so I approve. Right, But most of these people that that are being pulled on this, like, dude, you have a, like a, $12 an hour job, you're not doing great. 
I have a twelve dollar an hour job. Yeah, I'm not doing great. You know, it's it's uh. Well, okay, so are so maybe you're making seventy five dollars an hour. Even even that, there the the robber barons are robbing a big chunk yeah. of your seventy five dollars an hour. There's, there's that analogy that goes around that you know the the boss man lays down a hundred cookies and he he gives you one, and then he holds ninety nine and he says, "Watch out for that immigrant. He's coming to take your cookie." Right. You know, or watch out for that that minimum wage worker. He's coming to take one of your chocolate chips. It's and it really, I think that's I think that's accurate. I think yeah, that deflection, you know, deflect from we're robbing you blind, and but you know we're giving you your job that you're not that we're not giving you any fair share of the produce of that job, right. uh, but. Yeah, watch the, out for the watch out for the immigrant. You know what's what, the the history of all struggle hitherto is class struggle or what you know whatever Marx said at the very beginning of the manifesto. It's a uh, you know class struggle is very real. Cl- class warfare is happening. It's it's a you know maybe it's not you know the French Revolution. We're not throwing Molotovs through the windows of the palace and cutting people's heads off in the street, but uh, they're pitting us against each other, poor against poor. And they're they're using color lines to to separate us. And but a, but a capitalist would say, I don't want to be regulated. I you know it inhibits my ability to you know come up with a good idea and bring it to market, uh, and which is good for all of us. Yeah, but people also thought that lead paint was a good idea. You know, and it turns <laughs> out that that was pretty pretty bad idea. So, and if if a company won't voluntarily jettison the the lead in the paint right which it won't because then they're it, not compatible they've got a lead paint that doesn't they got a paint that doesn't have lead in it and it doesn't work quite as well right so uh, you need a regulatory agency that exactly. the government to come in and say you're it's killing your own people uh it's it's bad for the people that use this paint you can't do it we need yeah. You know, well, well that's the that's the Republican Party in a nutshell. As long as it's corporate interests, then they want to have small government hands off. But if it's your personal interests, your uh, your health, your well being, uh, women's reproductive rights, what, you know, the list goes on and on and on. It's big government all the way. You know, it's they need to have as much control over over the citizen as possible uh, while allowing the corporation to run amok. And you know, the Democrats also do that. To a lesser degree, at to, least at least with the Democrats, little, only a little lesser degree yeah. is the thing. I mean, you know, you can, we're going to get stabbed in the guts either way, but at least you get stabbed in the guts by the Democrats. You, you know, you might get some health care out of it, and you can go get it stitched up. You know, at the end of the day, but uh, you know, and and you can marry who you want, and you can uh, so seek birth control or whatever else you need. You know, you, at least. At least those issues are moving along on that side, but but I feel like I feel like all the progression we have been making has been. It, I I don't know that we've necessarily gone backwards, but we've stopped. We're not moving forward. Well, in some ways, we have gone backwards because Certainly. they have figured out what kinds of things they can let us do that really doesn't inhibit their bottom lines, right? Um, like they could see that the draft was a big, uh, impediment to controlling the people. Yeah. Um, the people weren't going for it. So they're okay. Maybe a volunteer force will work. Well, as it turns out, it did. Yeah. And it works splendidly. Yeah. Uh, so you don't have people 
uh, you don't have the anti anti war movement like you did in the sixties, right? Yeah, because not everybody's being forced to go and die in it. So, the other thing they did is um, free speech. You can say anything yeah. you want, and they used to not. Or in the Sedition Act, um, which was a part of the Espionage Act of nineteen seventeen, and is was the way they crushed socialism in in uh, you know by by nineteen twenty, American socialism was pretty much dead. Yeah, well, but wasn't it nineteen twenty four when the National Socialist Party of Germany had their giant rally at Madison Square Garden or something like that? 19, yeah, nineteen thirty maybe. Well, you know? the funny they were part okay of, with that because it was it was good white Germans, right? You know, so well. Eugene Debs ran for um, president under uh, a Dem- a Dem- Socialist Party yeah. president, and it, from prison for from prison, it, it, right? And got more votes than he had ever before. He ran in 04, 08, 012, 012, uh in nineteen twelve, yeah, and then ran again in in uh, nineteen twenty from prison and got nearly a million votes. Oh. And uh, so, who who won the the election in 1920? That's that would have been uh, Harding. Harding. Oh, okay, so his that million votes took away from someone else. I'm guessing. So he got a 10 year prison sentence for saying that the um, the uh, they call them the masters have uh, all to gain from war, and um, and the working class have all to lose, especially their lives. That statement. Got him a ten-year prison sentence, yeah. and so they don't do that kind of stuff anymore. Right. Now you can say anything you yeah. want, but what they've done and see they see that it works much better is disinformation. Yeah, just oh, just bury it. Yeah, if you, let if them you say anything have, they want, so they you can't you know they, they can't complain about being you know free speech. Yeah, and if you get enough Rush Limbaugh's together, you can a Russian bots. Yeah, Rush Limbaugh's Russian bots. Yeah, you just drown out. Anything that even resembles the truth. Yeah. Um, you know, I was listening to a piece the other day about uh, disinformation and, and trying to correct dis- disinformation. Right. Uh, and how difficult that really is. You know, yeah. that, that it, once someone learns uh, a fact, I'm air quoting, uh, a fact that they know for certain to be true, whether or not it's true, if you try to tell them something else, uh, it's never going to get it almost never gets through to them. It's so much harder to change people's minds because they're so convinced. And nobody's really willing to go and, and look into it themselves. We have the, the entire breadth of human knowledge. Right. In our pockets. We have access to, you know, everything. Everything that's ever happened, we have access to. Right. And... But there's some no things that didn't happen, and that are still in there people too. are logging on to freedomeagle.net through their Facebook yeah, account. Yeah, right, right, because it's just as good. It's better. It sounds yeah. good. I like the way it sounds. They're molesting kids at a pizza place. So well, that brings up, well, how, how do you, how do you, you, you sift the wheat from the chaff? How do you, how do you know what's true? I mean, the mm-hmm. the question, the, the and and the answer seems to be epistemological. Uh, how do, by what method? Do you determine what what's true? You know, I wish I knew. Um, I, there's certain things that are that are uh, doesn't matter how much you lie about them. They, you know, Trump said a racist thing. 
Whether okay, so it's an opinion that, that it's a racist thing. No, it's absolutely. It's it, but there's an inherent. Yeah, it's it's an definitely. Opinion, an, but right, but, there's an inherent. Does this harm a person or not? If it harms a person, it's racist. And so by that standard, yeah, send her, send her back to Africa. How do you not see that as a racist statement? Right. So that I, I saw a poll on that today. Thirty-five percent of Americans think that that was a racist statement. Only only thirty-five percent think it was racist. No, sixty-five percent think it's racist. Oh, thirty-five percent think it's not racist. So about the number of his well, base. actually. I take that back. I just extrapolated the 35%. There might be people who didn't have an opinion. So it was 65% that thinks it's racist. And then yeah. whatever the that, 30 That knows it's racist. 35% who don't know anything. Yeah. So, so I didn't hear the other part of that. Yeah. It's, it, it's, just, it's, it's wild to me. You know, it's... Uh, so that's still imagine, a pretty big majority. Imagine, imagine Bush saying something like that. Bush Jr., Bush Jr. said a lot of stupid stuff, don't I, you know? And but most of it was funny, funny stuff that he said. <laughs> right. You know, he did a lot of awful things with the help of Mr. Cheney, uh, but oh, for right. the most part, his Bush's public persona, what he put out in the world, what you saw from him was just kind of a dumb country boy who happened to bumble his way into office and didn't really know what he was doing, and so we laughed at it. We thought it was funny. You know, I'm, I'm glad that there are comedians making fun of Trump. We have to. But at the same time, it's getting to the point where it's not funny anymore. Yeah. It's like nothing he does is is funny. It's it's at the least it's aggravating. Nothing he does is funny. That's absolutely true. Yeah, it's it disgusting. Is, it's disgusting. It's sometimes terrifying. Sometimes you just feel ashamed. Yeah. Like d- definitely. You know, I I spent last summer in Europe and and I felt like I had to apologize to well I honestly think that the the, um, I think that's a majority of Americans I, I, I really do is. I really the problem do. is is it, it even in just Arkansas take a majority of Americans to win a presidential election okay so there's the other problem yeah so no so that which brings us back to Bernie um and I and I bring and I come back to Bernie because of all of the candidates, he's the one that I'm most sure um, about would would bring equity to the most people through I, a new New Deal. I agree with that. I, I, I don't want to discount Elizabeth Warren and what she's doing. I think that uh, of of the candidates that, that are out there right she's now. She's next best, yeah. I, I think she's right up there with Bernie. And I think Do that, you? I think that there might be a little pact going on between the two of them. If one of them gets the, so. gets the nom, the other one's the VP. That would be interesting. I think, and I think that would be great, the two of them working together, uh, crafting policy uh, and doing that kind of thing. But they're the only two that I see well, consistently they're both senators. talking policy. I honestly would rather, if one gets the nomination... I'd rather see the other one stay in the Senate. True. Yeah. But if 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 they're the vice president, they kind of are in the Senate. Yeah, they are the Senate. They well, are they're the, the tie vote. The breaker. tie vote. Yeah. Which could be very consequential depending on how the Senate elections go uh, in 2020. Right. So that's that's an interesting possibility. I, I She has yet to articulate the New Deal vision and exactly what that 
would do for America. And just quickly, it's the idea of putting millions of Americans to work on the government dime to transfer wealth from the 1%, the upper 10% really is where it would come from, and um, in it, not as giveaways, but in the form of, of good jobs, construction, yeah. and spa- building, aerospace, technology, infrastructure. And, and building and green, new power structures. New, for not, a green, not like a white supremacy power structures. Right. As in... Uh, green power. Green power. Green energy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right. Exactly. Because you know, climate change is a real thing and a pretty yeah. dire. And, you know, that's the bottom line. Climate change is the bottom line. Uh, because it doesn't matter what any of these politicians do if they don't take charge and do something about climate change. Because, like, your generation, my parents' generation, uh, the older folks who in the Midwest who all voted for Trump, uh, yeah, you're not going to live to see the worst parts of climate change. You're not going to live to see billions of climate refugees uh, being gunned down at borders, and you're not going to live to see the Midwest... uh, the, the breadbasket of America dry up and crack because it's a 125 degree desert now. Yeah. You're not going, they're not going to see the ice caps completely melted and sea levels rise 60 feet. And maybe I won't even see the worst of that. But the kids who are younger than me, the kids who are being born right now, they're going, they're being born into a world where that every day inches closer to inevitable. Well, and I, you know, and as absolutely true as that is, and as dire the need for tackling climate change, it's a, it's a separate matter from wealth redistribution. I, but I don't see them as separate matters because I think if you if you well create, no you marry them together. If, yeah, if you create a, a livable planet, then you're also creating that equity that's needed, and it's and it can't be done. It's such a massive. Well, here's why I say that. Here's why I say that, because this is what this is what FDR did in the 30s was, I mean, we, we had this we had too much money at the top and and too many people starving. And so tax he taxed the corporations, right. he taxed the wealthy to bring to put some money in the hands of the consumer base. Yeah. And it worked. It stopped the, the downward fall of the the uh, the economy dead in its tracks it, and began a slow rise then at right. that point, right at that point. Yeah. And that's and, and that's exactly so what the that's, Green New so Deal that would. would so that that purpose of wealth redistribution to stimulate the economy that works regardless of what you spend it on, as long as you're putting to people people to work but it has but to be we this this other situation over here that's so dire that's a good thing to put it yeah it's to put the it on. only thing to it's put the it only on. thing to put it's it on so that's thing. why green because new it, deal. it doesn't matter if we all end up back in chattel slavery if the world's gonna die in 50 years right? you know yeah like it, it at that point it just doesn't matter so you yes you absolutely have to tax the rich you have to i don't believe in trickle down economics i believe in take down economics take the money from them I don't need it all and and put it invest it into I'm not I'm not saying you know I'm poor so you should take Bill Gates money and just hand it to me man just put it in my pocket no I'll work for it but put us to work doing these things that are needed in our society well there's so many other reasons as well I mean what one the uh, the kind of 
of wealth graduating to the top as it's continuing to do, it's not sustainable. No. The more you take out from the bottom, the more you get closer to the day where you're going to the only uh, the only thing that can happen is a crash again. Yeah. Um okay, so here's a s- statistic. Um the uh, and I got this from uh, Piketty, the his book Capital. Um and in 19 19- 29, just before the crash, the uh, uh, the upper 10% had 50% of U.S. wealth. Only 50. Right? Wow. And so then the crash. Yeah. That was too much. How do we make it this far? That was too much then. <sighs> yeah, right? So after 20 years of the New Deal in 1950, the upper 10% had 35% of U.S. wealth, and Americans had the highest standard of living in the world. Yeah. So now do you know where it's at? Oh, what is it, the, the upper 1% owns The upper like, 10% owns 95% of the wealth or something? No, no. It's the upper 10%'s got 76% of the wealth. 76%. So where they had 50 in in 1929, yeah. and that was too much, we are at 100, uh, we're at, at 76%. Yeah. The uh, there yeah there's those top three families that have more than the bottom fifty percent right yeah but then that that 50 so that's to 80, obscene right there fifty to eighty has a but fair what the upper ten percent has right now is the really the more significant figure yeah. because it really shows where we're at with the robber barons well, think about this think, like if if you were to win a hundred million dollar lotto jackpot there's no way that you would get away with not paying any taxes. Right. You're going to pay 40 million dollars in taxes, 50 million. Right. You know, and you're going to end. But you know what? You still got 50 million dollars. That's a lot of money. But yeah. Bezos, what, he made a, a billion dollars last year and didn't pay a dime. Yeah. We're we're not going to be taking your jumbo shrimp from you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The the shrimp thing. Yeah. <laughs> let, let them eat shrimp. Let them eat so much shrimp. And I hope they have a shellfish. Allergy. Right. We, I mean, you're still going to be by you still you can go out as much as you want. You can eat the finest steaks. You can drive the finest yeah. cars. You can live in the finest houses. No problem. Please get, be our guest. But yeah. we just the, don't need you to be able to buy interplanetary yachts and senators. Yeah. Yeah. Buying senators. Yeah. Man, I could use a couple of those. Right? Everyone should have one. Yeah, well, I want to go on that that Oprah episode. Where <laughs> you get a senator. You get a senator. Everyone will have a senator for 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. I get to be in a soundproof room with them, right? <laughs> well, right. Depends on which one. Mitch McConnell. I want to be in the room with... I, I want to go in there with you. Yeah. Well, I'm, Talk you're some invited. sense you're into invited. that guy. All right. Yeah. <laughs> You, you and so John Mitch Stewart. McConnell, I think the guy is brilliant. He's a brilliant strategist, uh, a brilliant tactician for the oligarchy. Yeah, and that uh, sucks. The, <laughs> it does suck. I mean, he denied Obama his Supreme Court pick. He sure did. He managed he? that. Yeah. Whoa. And now we've got Kavanaugh and Gorsuch. 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 Right. What? Yeah, okay. Have so it your way. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's just, you know, it's Roe v. Wade negative <laughs> is what it is. Right. Well, all right. I So we've pretty much come to the uh, 
the end of the evening here. Yeah, I hope your listeners enjoyed us just, well, mostly me just yelling. Well, no, I, I mean, I, I think a lot of them can relate. I, I know that, uh, I know that a lot of them can relate. Uh, and these are, these are the, I think the, the, the issues that are before us right now is, you know, what do we do? And, and I don't think we've really, you know, uh, given them much hope here. I, yeah, I don't think, I mean, I would, I would say something about, you know, let's, let's all just try to get along with each other. But I think, I think the time for that's over. If, if you're still standing with, yeah, with the authoritarian right and the has and been left in the dust. The bigots, then, then I don't want to get along with you. I don't know you, and I don't, I don't care to. I know they get so upset with punch a Nazi. But. Yeah, right. Oh man, <laughs> sometimes you got to punch a Nazi. Should be a children's game at birthday parties. You know, like, <laughs> pin the tail on the Nazi. Yeah, pin, <laughs> pin the bat to the Nazi. Right. <laughs> sounds sounds delightfully fun. I know. I think are we getting further away from you know the message of. Martin Luther King here. Right? Well, I mean, you know, look, real quickly, Martin Luther King's civil rights movement was incredible. Right. But it didn't work on its own. It right. It had to have. It, anytime you want to. Look, I'm not all for like, let's go out and just beat sense into everyone and use violence as our only means of communication. I'm for sharing ideas. But at a certain point, you also need that that wing of the movement that is Black willing Panthers, to be violent. The move. Uh, yeah. You have to have... Nation of Islam in some cases. No nonviolent movement works without someone who is willing to physically enforce it. So, Antifa. Yeah. And, you know, uh, the problem is, is... They catch a lot of flack. They do. And and I am very... I saw a thing the other day, you know, anti, anti, anti-fascist shouldn't be a group that you join. It should be your general setting. Right, right? absolutely. You should just be anti-fascist. Right. It, it, well, I, you know, the, the one that I see is, if you're not anti-fascist, why not? Right, yeah. That's a, you should put that on a spot on every show. Right. You know? <laughs> uh, now pausing for station identification. If, if, <laughs> if you're, you're not, not anti-fascist, fascist, why, why not? not? <laughs> Ooh, what happened there? I don't know. The radio gods <laughs> the ghost are upset us. <laughs> Well, I think that's a good note to leave it on. If you're not anti-fascist, why not? Exactly. All right. That's Ian Brown. Thank you, Ian. Thank you, James. And myself, James. uh, The Hell Fireside Chat. We'll see you next week.